Welcome to the Walk in Truth weekend program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance designed to help you reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part three of his message in Revelation chapter 20 about the millennial reign of Christ. I've been laying out to you what's called a pre-wrath view of the rapture, which means that the church will go through a good portion of Daniel's 70th week, okay? That means that when Jesus comes, he's going to rapture and rescue a group of believers. That means there has to be some believers left to rapture, amen? And in Revelation 7, when we see this great multitude in heaven, they are an uncountable number. And so it would appear that even if the times get hard for the church, much of the church survives it. Maybe through supernatural protection, I don't know. Some people die, others do not. And the church is rescued by God. And they end up in the presence of Almighty God. And so you have martyrs, first group in chapter uh, verse four. You have a second group that are there. They refuse to take the mark because if you take the mark, you're not a Christian. You're doomed if you take it. So they didn't take the mark. They survived and they were raptured. And they are with the Lord. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, everybody take a look. Just skip ahead to verse five. It would appear that the best way that this should be rendered is to put a parenthesis before the word the at the beginning of verse five and a parenthesis after the word completed at the end of that sentence. So the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. That could be in parentheses to make this, I think, more understandable to us because the first resurrection at the end of verse five is in reference to the people of verse four. It's the first resurrection. Now, some of our all-millennial friends believe that the first resurrection is spiritual. They say this is not a physical resurrection. It speaks more to regeneration or a spiritual resurrection. I don't buy it. I'll tell you why. Because the context is talking about people who have died in verse four, and now they live again. They come to life again. They have been resurrected to physicalness, if you will. They came to life again, and they reign with Christ for a thousand years. Now, if the thousand years are literal, that's pretty cool, because you're gonna live longer than Methuselah. <laughs> Woo! Amen. You could be, someone might ask you, how old are you? You say, I'm 247. Check this out, Spam. Right? It's not going to be a problem. Why? <laughs> Did you all like the shabam? Wasn't even in my notes, I promise. Why? Because you are going to have a resurrected body. No more sin, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. If you lost some of your vertical leap, it's coming back. If you lost some of your hair, 
It's coming back. Amen. Woo! Come on. If you have too many sparklers in your hair, that is, not your original hair color, and you are tired of trying to cover it with not-so-convenient products, it's coming back. Praise the Lord. Oh, and that's just part of it. You see, everything that was, been, that was lost and robbed from us will be restored. And a thousand years is just a drop in the bucket because we will never die. This is the first resurrection. If you are a Christian, you are part of the first resurrection. The rest of the dead, I think now unbelievers, verse 5, did not come to life until what? Until the thousand years were completed. That is the second resurrection. If you are part of the first resurrection, then you are told something that is a blessing. Blessed and holy, verse 6, is the one who has part in what? The first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power. But they, or we, will be priests of God and of Christ, and we will reign with him for how long? <laughs> for a thousand years. Now, a thousand years could be longer. You could either take it literally or not. The church in the premillennial view has taken the number literally. And then we would go on into eternity. By the way, where will we rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years? On the earth. There's going to be new heavens and a new earth. And by the way, in this thousand year period of time, it's going to be very physical. You are going to be you in the resurrection. I have been sending emails to God to be six foot four. I do not know if God hears those prayers <laughs> or even cares. And I say that really jokingly, I haven't. But it would be nice. We were over here at the end of one of the services recently and I was up on one of the steps and my wife looked at me and went, wow, let's see what that's like. Come here, put your arm around me. And so I did and she went, wow. And I went, Shh. I'm going to get me some platform shoes or something. Because she hasn't said wow like that. <laughs> anyway, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> if you're a believer, you are part of the first resurrection. When will the resurrection happen? At the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. The resurrection and the rapture go together. So when the Lord comes, there's going to be a resurrection to life. And if the premillennial view is correct and the thousand years are literal, there is a space of a thousand years that separates the first resurrection 
from the second resurrection. The first resurrection is a resurrection to life. You can write, write this down for your notes. I don't have time to go there tonight. John 5, 24 through about 29. Jesus said there is a resurrection to life and a resurrection to condemnation. The dead at the end of a thousand years will be resurrected only to be judged. And so there will be the resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous. In Luke 14, 14, Jesus said, and you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you. And you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So if that view is correct, a thousand years separates the two resurrections. You want to be part of the first resurrection. And when the thousand years are completed or expired, verse 7, Satan will be released from his prison. He won't break out. He's going to be released. And in verse 3, if you just put that in your margin, he'll be released for a short time, whatever that space is. And, it, and he will come out to deceive the nations, which um, he has not been allowed to do for the entire millennium as we've talked about, which are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And you say, who are these people? That they, there's this huge number and they want to fight God again. Well, they're people who were either born during the millennial period or people who survived that period of time and the earth was populated again. And they live a thousand years with Jesus ruling and reigning along with his people but they don't like things the way that they are. Can you imagine that? You know, because I know if we, you know, have a period of time where things are good for us and we're walking with God, we stay there. We, we don't go back and make the same mistakes over and over again. None of you do that, right? You, you guys don't have short memories. You guys don't know that phrase. The one thing we know about history is that we don't learn from History, should this shock us? I mean, sometimes you read this passage and you're like, what in the world? Why would you let him out, Lord? Because apparently some people born during this time have not had that chance to really choose. And so he's gonna lead another rebellion and there's gonna be a bunch of people that come up on this broad plane, verse nine. Very fitting that they come on the broad plane of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints, the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Night, night. So much for your rebellion. And James and John are gonna be somewhere in a corner saying, finally, we were asking when we were on the planet, you remember? Just call fire down from heaven. Just call fire down from heaven. Finally, thank you, Lord. <laughs> anyway. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. Whether that's literal or not, I'll let you wrestle with that. Where the beast and the false prophet are also, by the way, they were thrown in at the end of Revelation 19. So if the beast and false prophet are still there and a thousand years is literal, then they've been in there. Oh my goodness. You've been listening to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. 
You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. Whether that's literal or not, I'll let you wrestle with that. Where the beast and the false prophet are also, by the way, they were thrown in at the end of Revelation 19. So if the beast and false prophet are still there and a thousand years is literal, then they've been in there for a Oh my goodness. And... Oh, and this is what's sobering. And they, as the devil joins his unholy trinity, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Wow. And I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, the idea of a judge from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead. Now I think here is the second resurrection. I saw the dead. Notice they're called the dead so it would seem that they're going to be raised for this purpose. I saw the dead, the great, the small, standing before the throne. Books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life. The dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to what? According to their deeds. Notice the emphasis, the dead would appear to be the second resurrection. It's the small, the great, status, pedigree, position, fame, bank account mean nothing. All that's going to be measured here is the deeds. If the books were opened and you were measured on that day, by the deeds that you had done, how would you fare against the Ten Commandments? How would you measure up? You don't want to be judged by your deeds. <laughs> and you're not going to be. Because we are saved by grace, through faith, that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, it's not by Works so that no man should boast. By the works of the law, Galatians 2.16, 
No flesh will be justified in God's sight. None. You're either saved by grace or you're not saved at all. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. And so here's the dead. And the books are open and you can hear a lot of gulping going on. The sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and Hades, Hades appears to be a holding compartment for the dead, gave up the dead which were in them and they were judged. Every one of them, how? According to their deeds. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. By the way, just note it. Hades, the holding place for the unrighteous dead, at least now, that's what we believe it is. And death itself die. Death and Hades die one day. Aren't you glad? They die. Oh, death, where is your sting? The last enemy that will be destroyed, 1 Corinthians 15, 26, is Death. Death has a date with death. How's that? And God can do this because he is life. Death and Hades are thrown in the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, sadly and soberly, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And all God's people said, (laughs) wow. The apostles sent out by Jesus found that they had power and authority over demonic spirits. And they were excited. And they said, Lord, in your name, even the spirits are subject to us. And Jesus said, Don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you in my name. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen? Amen. If you're a Christian, your name is in the book of life. And that's where it will stay. If you're not a Christian, could I just encourage you to make sure your name's in the book of life? I don't know what else I would want to say. I think you read it for yourself. Just make sure your name's there. How do you get it there? You believe. You trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Father, as we uh, come to the close of this message, we are so grateful that our names as believers are written there. My name is there. Every soul, every uh, sweet saint that's here tonight, their name is there. Thank you for that, Jesus. And if you're here tonight, you can hear my voice, or you may be listening to this later. If you're not sure your name is there, just make sure. Believe. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You'll never taste this second death if you're born again. If you're born twice, you will die once. If you're born once, you will die twice. But if you're born again to a living hope, the second death will not touch you. 
You're alive in Christ. And no one can take that away from you. And if you're here and you're not sure you're a Christian, the Bible has painted this picture to get us to make sure and to have hope. And so if it's you, it's something like this. Lord Jesus, I would encourage you to pray it if you're not sure you're a Christian. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Thank you that you died on that cross for me. Thank you that you rose to defeat death. Thank you that you took my punishment and shame at the cross. Thank you that you defeated the devil and his principalities there. Thank you that you have offered a gift of salvation to me. I believe, I repent, I trust in you for my salvation and you alone. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Lord, for the saints that are here, may you encourage them in their faith. And Lord, um, as a new year is ahead of us, whatever you want us to yield to you afresh, whatever changes we need to make to align ourselves better with your kingdom, whatever excuses we've been making for not being disciplined and not doing what we're supposed to do, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Let, us. let us get a fresh start in this year. We're excited about what you're going to do. We're excited about the lives we can touch. We're excited about sharing the everlasting gospel. We're excited about seeing people discipled and changed. Let us start with us, Lord. Let us start with the people in this room. Set a fire in our hearts, Lord. Refresh us by your Holy Spirit. Give us fresh passion and vision for the year ahead of us. We lay it at your feet and pray that you would be glorified in this year ahead. And I thank you for the precious saints again. Bless their families. Strengthen them. Protect them. Bless them. Heal them. Strengthen them in every way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This concludes his message in Revelation chapter 20 about the millennial reign of Christ. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But everyone here at Walk in Truth truly appreciates the financial contributions that listeners have been giving to this ministry in the past couple weeks. There's a lot that goes into the production of this program. Paying for airtime is a large portion, but then there's studio time, editing, our website, and of course the small staff we have. Please consider Walk in Truth. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate online. That's walkintruth.com. Or if you'd like to mail in your donation, please make your check or money order out to Walk in Truth. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, friend, as we're coming to the end of the book of Revelation, this majestic book, we're getting to the part where we're considering the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the thousand-year reign, and considering the new heaven and the new earth. And if you've studied this book before, so many precious truths in here, but you know, some of the most special to me are the fact that everything's going to be new. It's going to be a new creation, new heavens, and a new earth. It's going to be a new us. We're going to have a radical makeover. And You know, the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians 15, this is going to happen in a microsecond. 
at the return of Jesus, we're going to be changed. There's going to be a resurrection and a rapture. And this leads us into this new heaven and new earth. And the beauty of this picture, you know, there's so many things that we can kind of piece together from Scripture. But here's some of the highlights, that there's going to be no more death, no more mourning, no more sorrow, no more pain. In fact, the Bible says God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And, you know, we're told in the Old Testament that they will learn no more war. They will beat their... uh swords into plowshares. It's going to be a time when everything we've longed for is realized. But it's not just that, because the centerpiece of this time, this future for us as believers, is that we're going to be with God and we are going to see his face and not another. You know, Job in Job chapter 19 said, I know that my Redeemer lives And at the end, he's going to take his stand on the earth and my eyes are going to see him and not another. My eyes, even after my flesh is destroyed, I will see God. What an amazing promise we have in the book of Revelation. And as we consider these chapters, I want to encourage you to be thinking about that great hope that we have. You know, we serve the God of hope. And on behalf of the team here at Walk in Truth, I would just want to say, We're praying for you that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So glad you're listening. May God richly bless you. Come back tomorrow to listen to Pastor Michael's message in Revelation chapter 21 about the new heaven and new earth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.